truth. Well, may the Lord bless that reading of his word. I want to think tonight just of that little phrase. It's very familiar to us in verse 9. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. This is a term used four times in scripture. Psalm 29 verse 2. Here in Psalm 96 verse 9. And then in 1 Chronicles 16.29 and 2 Chronicles 20.21. Four times we are told the beauty of holiness. I don't know about you, but whenever I've thought about this, I've nearly always thought about it with respect to our worship and to God himself. But it also applies to us. Do we have the beauty of holiness in our life? Well, I read a very helpful devotional and I'm leaning and I acknowledge it tonight upon a devotional by A.W. Pink. And he says this, he says, Holiness is the complete opposite of sin. Beauty of holiness is in direct contrast to the ugliness of sin. So when we think of this term, that we are to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, there is to be in our life the holiness that is reflection, a reflection of the holiness that God alone has. That's how we're to worship him. There cannot be worship if there isn't holiness in our life and our heart and our desire is towards that. Pink says that sin is a deformity, a monstrosity in the eyes of our holy God. Sin is repulsive and it's repellent to the infinite purity of God. Well, there is an analogy, a picture given in God's word that sin is like leprosy. It's one of the many pictures of sin in God's word. It's why the Lord selected leprosy because it's one of the most loathsome diseases, not common today, one of the most horrible diseases and it's an emblem of what sin is like. Holiness is the total opposite. The opposite of leprosy. We can think of that picture that Isaiah had when he stood before the holy God, three times holy. Isaiah 1 verse 6, and he said that humanity from the sole of the foot, even unto the head thereof, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. That's me and you clothed in sin and holiness is to be the very opposite from foot to toe we are not to have putrefying sores bruises and wounds how do we view sin tonight the temptation in the world today is to view (coughs) sin as a little matter in fact it's not even mentioned is it sin Mistake, that's what people say. A little error, maybe, no. 
The Bible is so clear. We can only understand holiness when we understand sin because holiness is the total <coughs> absence of sin, the beauty of holiness. Well, it's the opposite extreme, Pink says, from the hideousness of sin. When you understand how deep and dark and dirty is sin, then in contrast, we can understand just a little something of the beauty of holiness. There's a lovely verse in Exodus 15:11, and it speaks about God being glorious in holiness. So our desire, our aim, our attraction, this is a definition of a believer. Do you desire holiness? Do you desire a complete absence of sin? Yes, it's not possible in this life, but we should have the aim, the desire, and there should be an attractiveness in those who are holy and godly. So Pink has five headings. He says, The beauty of holiness is not seen or valued by the natural man. He or she doesn't even recognize holiness doesn't see it as something to be valued, something to be desirable. He can behold, says Pink, and admire a lovely flower, a flowing river, or the mountain pines and a rushing waterfall, but the excellence of holiness in a heart he has no eyes for. Somebody in the world who meekly submits to trials... And there are those going through trials here tonight. The world says they're morally weak. But when we have trials, the Lord is using them to refine us, to purify us, to make us more fit for him. The world considers somebody that sacrifices self as being weak but not God. What did they say of the Lord Jesus? Isaiah 53, very familiar words. There was no beauty in him that they should desire him. Well, there was. There was the beauty of holiness, but the world didn't desire one, the one, the only one who was sinless, spotless. No beauty in him that they should desire him. Well, for us, we only desire holiness. We only find it attractive if the Lord takes the scales away from our eyes. There's a saying in the world, isn't there? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That's not what God says. God's definition of beauty is holiness. The beauty of holiness. Pink goes on to say, that the beauty of holiness is real. It's real. It's so different from the beauty that the world sees. The beauty of the world is made in a parlour, a beauty parlour. It's made up, put on, quite often. It's skin deep. It's not in the heart and in the soul and in the mind. And if there is physical, natural beauty, <coughs> well... It will fade. But holiness, 
grows. You think of the most godly person that you know. I'm sure we all have somebody in our mind that's grown over time. I might say this on Sundays, we're thinking of ageing gracefully, that if you want to be a godly older person, it starts by being a godly young person. You see, holiness grows and develops over time. It's real. And Pink says it's lasting. The world's view of beauty is superficial, skin deep. Proverbs says, favour is deceitful and beauty is vain. It passes, but not the beauty of holiness, which the Lord has. No, this is lasting. This is permanent. The beauty of the autumn leaves is nearly gone. The leaves have fallen and just the bare tree will be left behind, but not the beauty of holiness. No, that's everlasting, unfading. You think of a godly person that's gone to be with the Lord. Well, what does Proverbs again say? It says, the memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. That's, that hurts, doesn't it? The ungodly, their memory goes with them. But the memory of the righteous, the just, the holy, remains. The beauty of holiness. Pink has a fourth heading. He says, the beauty of holiness satisfies. Totally different from this world's beauty. This world and its so-called beauty and the beauty that's seen within people. It fades, it goes, and it doesn't satisfy. To be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and is peace. We've thought of the verse recently, godliness with contentment is great gain. Well, he has a final, a fifth heading. He says, the beauty of holiness brings glory to God. The beauty of man, for a time, brings the glory to man. But the beauty of holiness is about pointing people to Christ. And it's a reflected holiness. We don't have holiness ourselves. If there's any good thing within us, anything that's clean and pure and holy, it's only because the Holy Spirit has worked within us to take away the lying and the lust, and the pride. Very often in the world, physical appearance and holiness don't go together. Think of Absalom. What did they say of him? In all Israel, there was none to be so praised as Absalom for his beauty. From the sole of his foot even to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. Ah, but he didn't fear God. He didn't have holiness within and he perished in his sin. So beauty can be deceitful. But the beauty of holiness points people to Christ and reflects his beauty. We become like a mirror or we should be. Thomas Watson says this. Godliness is to the soul 
as the light is to the world. It illuminates it and it adorns it. It is not greatness which sets us off before God, but godliness. Do we desire godliness? People speak badly of godliness. Holiness. Oh, he's holy. No, we shouldn't think like that. We are to be worshipping people. And if we're to worship the God who is holy, we are to come before him and to worship him in the beauty of holiness. Where's that holiness found? In the quiet, secret place, in the heart, where there is union with Christ on his ground, his shed blood, his perfect righteousness. Well, the Lord has no, no desire and no appeal and no delight in man-made architecture, the most expensive clothes bear nothing to the Lord, but inward purity and outward sanctity, they please God. Sincerity of heart, fervency of spirit, reverence to God, the exercising of faith in the midst of trials, a love for others, these are the elements, some of them, that make up the beauty of holiness. Do we live that way? Do we worship God that way? The psalmist is telling us to praise God. And here in verse 9 of Psalm 96, it tells us to worship him. But how can we worship we who are unclean, we who are unholy? Well, we can only come before him. If we have the holiness that is given, the holiness that's progressively worked within us, and that holiness which is a desire and a reflection of who Christ is. We come to the Father through the Son. We worship the Lord through Christ, who is the very definition of holiness. There was no beauty in him that they should desire him. But we say the opposite. We say he was holiness and therefore he was beauty to us and therefore we desire him. Let's sing our...